Nothing conventional on the viewpoint. Songezo Mapete on the viewpoint. 55 minutes gone. We're in conversation now with Mr. Vern Harris, who's the head for leadership and knowledge development at the Nelson Mandela Foundation. And we're talking about, of course, what we were all talking about, certainly on social media earlier today, this South African flag, this old South African flag, this apartheid South African flag, this flag, which for 90% of the people of this country was a symbol of oppression. Vern Harris, good evening. Yes, sir. How are you? And well, how it's been a long Nelson day in court, but I'm good, thank you. Tell us about the long day in court. Tell us about the arguments and the basis for the application brought before the Equality Court on behalf of the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Well, I think it's fair to say, having listened to most of the um, arguments, there's, there's still a few to come tomorrow, is that it's common cause that public displays of that old flag are offensive, especially to black South Africans. Uh, even every forum have conceded that. The question is whether it constitutes hate speech or not. And, and we're now asking the court to make a ruling on this because we want to see a line drawn in the sand. On the fact that they concede, should it then not be a question of the remedy and nothing about the merits of the case? I mean, if the concession is this is offensive, therefore, under normal circumstances, if it is offensive, it should, it should constitute hate speech. The question really should move on to a remedy, an appropriate remedy, the so-called line in the sand that you're talking about. Well, unfortunately, the law works slightly differently. So it's, it's, a, it's an argument now about the definition of what constitutes hate speech. So um, people can offend you, but they are not necessarily um, directing hate speech at you. And so it's a kind of a, a legalistic argument. We, we believe that the, 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 the ethics of this case are absolutely clear-cut. And it should be clear to all South Africans that it's just not acceptable to be uh, displaying that flag. Let's talk about the offence. Let's talk about its thesis. If I understood the arguments in court correctly, it was the CEO himself, Mr. Selo Hatang, who felt sufficiently offended such that he decided to launch this application. Is, is my recollection of facts at least consistent with the facts that you have filed before the court? Well, look, we've been uh, monitoring use um, of that old flag over some years now. I think the the experience that he had um, on on that Black Monday uh, protest, um, I think it's 18 months ago now, where mm-hmm. uh, he was in a public space, uh, he was confronted with news of uh, of, uh, of another instance of, of this happening. And it brought back these these um, really horrible memories for him. And uh, talked to colleagues. We all agreed is that actually you know we've had enough. And I, you know it's 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 a it's a question of the legacy that we carry because Madiba um, led a strategy of generosity in the 1990s, and we believe that we've moved now into a phase where that that generosity has not been. Um, reciprocated and we now need to move into an era of accountability reciprocated by by all south africans uh, the, the, the south africans who are beneficiaries of apartheid and are still beneficiaries of apartheid are not, and are not um, coming into uh, this new democracy that we're trying to build who are they where are they well, they're people who fly that old flag and who use racially offensive language and who refuse to even attempt to learn more than one of South Africa's official languages, and I could carry on. Okay. We're going to carry on immediately after the break. But short question. 
Let's talk about apartheid institutions in the broad sense. Not so long ago on this very program, in fact, we had a discussion about the national anthem. And for most parts, we were down the middle in terms of the racial proponents for and against. We're now having a discussion about the old South African flag. What is it about apartheid institutions that refuses to die in a minute, please? Well, I think what we're confronting is what many countries around the world um, are confronting, is that white supremacy um, is still very much in place. And you can um, write wonderful constitutions, you can have all the formal mechanisms of democracy, but when those deep, deep structures and systems of power, privilege, and wealth accumulation remain in place, you're dealing with a big problem. And that's what we've got to deal with now. It's, It's a question of transformation. Thank you so much. Stand the line, Mr. Vern Harris. We have to take the news break at 21 hours. But for those South Africans who have just recently joined us, in the first hour we were in conversation with Professor Barbara Boswell and her master's student at UCT, Ms. Chanel Johannes. We were talking about the recent study commissioned at the University of Stellenbosch looking at the cognitive function and age and education-related effects in colored South African women. Now we are talking about why the old South African flag should be banned. This is a matter that is now currently going on in the Equality Court here in Johannesburg. And to tell us more after the news is Mr. Vern Harris, Head of Leadership and Knowledge Development at Nelson Mandela Foundation. Please stay tuned. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on the Viewpoint. Good evening, South Africa. This is Songhezomabek on the Viewpoint, leading the conversation. We are now in talks with Mr. Vern Harris, the Head for Leadership and Knowledge Development at the Nelson Mandela Foundation, talking about why the South African flag should be banned, and this matter is live in court here in Johannesburg. Mr. Harris, could we talk about a project of reconciliation in the context of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission? The, the, the commission came to an end 2000 and the report was handed to President Mbeki, if I'm not mistaken, 2004 by the then commissioner and chairperson, Archbishop Dudu. Is it not in a way a confirmation that the work of the TRC remains incomplete if we are having these sorts of discussions, the validity of the national anthem, the South African flag and people defending it, for instance? Are these not examples of why the TRC project ought to have carried on? Uh, is I think you make a, a very good point. Look, in, in terms of dates, uh, the Archbishop Tutu handed in the first report in 1998, and then the codicil was um, submitted to President Zimbabwe in 2003. Um, what we're seeing today is, is strong evidence that the reconciliation project, if you like, which was uh, initiated during the 1990s under Madiba's leadership, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission was just one of many instruments to promote reconciliation and to reckon with the past. So we can talk about the land restitution process, we can talk about black economic empowerment, employment equity, a whole range of special instruments. I think what we're seeing today is that they have not been implemented effectively in terms of the Truth Commission, its recommendations, Um, have by and large been ignored. And if you look at those recommendations from the perspective of today, I would Mm -hmm. argue that 
they constituted uh, an agenda for transformation at the end of the 1990s. They weren't just about reparations or prosecutions of people who didn't get amnesty. There were recommendations about um, transforming um, the security establishment, about reforming the media, um, the business sector, the faith communities, and so on. Um, so it's very much unfinished business. And I think what we're having to confront today is that when you see a, a reconciliation project that is in deep, deep trouble, you have to act decisively. And so for us, acting on the flag is one of a whole medley of things that we're doing. We're addressing the land question. We're addressing institutionalized racism. Uh, we feel that the levels of rage in our society today, because of our failures of transformation, are incredibly high. And unless we act decisively now, we're going to be in even deeper trouble soon. They are incredibly high because part of the problem, generally speaking, is the economic outlook of the country and the frustrations are increased and people, I suppose, are finding outlets for the rage that is taking place as a result of, direct result of, the economic plight of many of our people. Is that not perhaps an argument that could be raised for sort of the social incohesion? Yeah, I think it's it's an important consideration and I think we have to be frank about the failures of... Uh, the first administrations after 1994 in terms of um, the economy. Because if you look at uh, the strategy that Madiba led for reckoning with the past, restructuring the economy and redistributing wealth um, was a priority and it, it was embodied in the reconstruction and development program. We very quickly shifted into a different approach. And uh, critics call it neoliberalism. And I think we're paying the price of that today. So in terms of transforming our society, the question of economy um, and access to, um, to wealth and uh, to wealth generating processes and networks is, 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 is central. There's a message that I've just received saying perhaps Madiba's stance on reconciliation was too reconciliatory. Take, for instance, the example of the Springbok emblem that he insisted be kept on the Springbok badge. This, in many respects, emboldened the Afrikaner community or the oppressor to feel somewhat justified in the maintenance of an order that they had benefited from. How would Nelson Mandela Foundation respond to that? Well, you know, let me respond as an individual initially is that when I turned on the TV to watch that 1995 game and saw Madiba wearing that Springbok jersey. I was I was so upset, um, I, I considered not watching the game. And if you look at the way in which, well, it was an act of generosity. Um, again, this question of uh, reciprocity is uh, that Springbok team which won the World Cup in 2007, so that's 12 years later, had two black players. The 95 team had one black player. And I think that's kind of symbolic of, of the, the failures of South Africans to embrace that strategy of generosity and to share wealth and to do what we need to do in order to, to, to make the country of Madiba's dream. So, you know, Madiba made errors of judgment, and I think that was one of them. Well, that, 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 that's interesting because... To an extent, I mean, if I can, because you've invited me to express personal opinions, I, I couldn't have been offended by the Springbok jersey one. I was 11 years old and probably knew very little about what it was that was the symbol in doing all of that. 
But now that you mention the fact that, and I've always known this, 24th of January here, I mean 24th of June, Chester Williams, 22nd of October 2007, Brian Habana and J.P. Peterson. Yeah. Was, I mean, I'm, I'm careful not to offend the legacy of Dato Mandela, and I understand that there's growing sentiment for most parts in some quarters that says Madiba was a sellout, and, and, and this is not the question. The question is, when you talk about some errors of judgment that President Nelson Mandela made, does that not come after years of fighting, years of always insisting that right be done, that now that the constitutional settlement had been achieved through the negotiations, perhaps there was a feeling within that rank and generation that at last we've achieved it, and in many respects dropped the ball on certain things, as you were feeling on that day in June 1995, certain fundamental things in terms of crafting a society, in terms of look, feel, texture, and fabric that ought to represent the majority of the people. Were some things dropped, as you say, Madiba dropped the ball on that one. What are the other things that were dropped, if some of things were dropped? Well, I'm not, I'm not talking you know, necessarily about uh, personal responsibility. He was part of a collective leadership. But I was in government throughout his presidency. And I'll, I'll, I'll take one example um, to, to illustrate uh, a drop ball. Uh, I think it's common cause today that our education system is, is in deep trouble. Now, if we go back to the mid-90s, uh, and for many of us it was clear that it would take generations to fix the mess that was inherited. But in a way, uh, we were seduced by Madiba um, into thinking we could fix things very quickly. And there was a certain hubris about how strategies were adopted to do that fixing. Now, the education uh, system, the apartheid system that was inherited, uh, required, obviously, uh, priority attention, and and it needed... Uh, now, in retrospect, when we look back, is lessons learned from countries that had important lessons to teach us. Now, why is it or why was it that we implemented models and strategies from the global north, specifically Canada and Australia, which just did not work in our context? It didn't enter our minds to look at Zimbabwe or Tanzania, or other countries of the global south. And that's a lesson that we are beginning to learn now, and I think it's, it's a critique that we need to, to make Embrace. of that first administration. Final thoughts in terms of ideally where to from here, because I let me just say I anticipate that the um, court will find in favor of the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Then the work really kicks on in terms of protecting the society, in terms of inculcating this culture of discipline in making sure that these offensive symbols and institutions become more and more, or rather, become less and less prominent. How do we move on from there? How do we achieve that? Final thoughts. Yeah, no, good good point. Look, I, I, we're not seeking to ban uh, displays of the old flag. We, we, we're seeking to achieve uh, a ruling that the presumption is that gratuitous displays constitute hate speech, and therefore individuals uh, will be held accountable and specific contexts would be taken into account. But you make a good point, is that that's one element of a broader strategy. What we've got to be focusing on, I think, um, is, is inclusivity and building common narratives and shared values. That's critical for us. We, we want to see people embracing the flag that we currently have because it incorporates all the elements of the old flag. 
Mr. Vern Harris, we could talk forever, but nonetheless, thank you so much for your indulgence and time on this very critical matter. Have a good evening. You too. That's Mr. Vern Harris, Head of Leadership and Knowledge Development at Nelson Mandela Foundation. Next up, before, the, before we take a quick break, I just want to introduce our next guest. It's Mrs. Nondotuzelo Somdiala, a senior scientist in the Burden of Disease Research Unit at the Medical Research Foundation. We're going to talk about cancer and South Africa's quadruple burden of disease and mitigating factors that ought to plague the South African society from a behavioral change perspective in trying to lessen the burden, particularly on one of the pillars of the quadruple burden of disease, and that is the non-communicable diseases or chronic illnesses. Stay tuned. We will be back right after this.